Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. Love you guys. I want to thank our sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Veracity Networks, and I Hill Institute. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for all your support. I love you. And I want to thank for you, you guys just for tuning in and sharing the, these amazing stories that we have on. And I've had some amazing guests, and, and today's no different. Today we are joined by with uh, Caitlin Hansen. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for, for you to be on and to come share your story. You have a very busy schedule, so I just feel like honored that you're even here. <laughs> kind of blows my mind. Um, so a little bit about Caitlin. She's a world traveler, adventure seeker, which we're going to talk a lot about. She's a television host, speaker, media trainer. She's the founder of Barefoot Communications, where she transforms CEOs and executives from nervous speakers to expert communicators and successful leaders. And I can't wait to learn more about that. Um, you graduated from Brigham Young University in, with a BA in communications and broadcast journalism. You spent well over 15 years uh, of experience in television news. And then uh, you also do professional coaching, media training. And uh, you, you know, recently, you, you know, you could watch you on uh, KUTV News or KUTV News. Yeah, CBS in Salt Lake City where um, you were on a show called uh, Silicon Slopes. Is that correct? Did I say that right? I was on a show called Fresh Living at KUTV. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm sure I sent you confusing information. <laughs> Silicon Slopes is the new gig where I'm doing like a digital newscast for them. Yeah. Okay. Love it. And then you're do, doing a podcast. We just talked about that called Living Unscripted. Yeah. And you've been doing that about a year now, you said? Yeah. My co-host Brooke and I, co-host, best yeah. friend, therapist, all the things she is to me. <laughs> we host that every week. <laughs> That's awesome. And obviously when you're not working, I mean, this is one of the things I love about you, Caitlin, is just the way you, you just live life to the fullest. Um, you, mm. you know, you're an adventure seeker. You love to ski. You're in the mountains. You train hard. You work out hard. All these amazing things. And um, I want to, that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you is because just the way you live your life. I think a lot of us, and, and I've been there where I don't live life to the fullest sometimes where I just... I'm just existing. I'm not really living. So I really appreciate that about you. And, and, and I know you're not perfect and I know you have your moments, but uh, um, that's why I have you on here. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to see how other people perceive you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's not wrong. I'm in the mountains a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, let's start off. Let's let people know, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was born at in Berkeley, California. I grew up in the East Bay, Alamo area okay. of San Francisco. Um, nice. My parents are actually from Utah. They went to East High School, but went out there and had my brother and I. Okay. And then we moved as a family back to Utah when I was in junior high. Um, not back to Utah for us, but for the first right. time. So, um, yeah, spent a lot of my childhood from birth till even now in Sun Valley, Idaho, which is... Uh, sweet place. spot in my yeah. heart and um, probably feels the most like home just spending most of my time in that valley growing up um, most of our free time and 
Yeah. Utah is definitely home now. People ask me where I'm from and I say, so I'll tell you Alamo, California, but this place feels like where I'm from for sure. Especially with all the stuff you love doing. This kind of fits it perfectly. This is Mecca. Right. It would take a lot. I mean, it would be really important to get me to leave here again. Right. Yeah. So tell us about how were you as a child? I mean, again, you're this go-getter driven person. Were you like that when you were younger? You know, I was pretty shy as a child. Mm. Um, I don't know, just shy, a little quieter, not so outgoing. Um, it does come as a surprise to a lot of people that don't know me that <laughs> I work in TV right. and I speak really? and do all this and I'm a total introvert. Wow. Um, so that was kind of more of what came out when I was a child. I was, okay. I just remember being like, do they want to be friends with me? Really? Do yeah. you know, a little more reserved. Sure. Um, my brother on the other hand is like totally outgoing, always has been, has always been like, just, this is who I am showing up. And I was definitely a little more timid as a child, okay. super sensitive, still am today. I have yeah. learned to change handle it but um yeah, yeah i i feel like i'm really sensitive to all the feels and that was right. definitely a little that was one of little those. kid caitlin too yeah well so were you you know i mean you're so adventurous now were you that way too or is it that timid part of you kept you from doing those things back then no i was definitely adventurous okay. luckily um yeah. i was raised by two parents who are just like that my dad <laughs> Um, they're both 69 years old now, and okay. my dad is still like riding mountain bikes. I'm chasing him up mountains. Really? He's always. I just ran, um, did a run through the Grand Canyon called Rim to Rim this no spring, way. Wow. and we, my friend and I, trained for a long time, and it was 25 miles and a lot of elevation. It was just so fun, and my dad found it. Like after I finished, he and I were chatting, and he the next day signed up to do it. I'm like, okay, so he's gonna do it when he's 70 years old. That's amazing. 25 miles through the Grand Canyon. So yes, I've been chasing wow. him around my whole life. My mom <laughs> and he are excellent skiers. Right. We camped, we mountain biked, we did all the outdoorsy things growing up. So wow. I definitely had that instilled in me from a really young age. Well, that also probably helped you eventually down the road to not be so timid, you know, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think shy is a better word than timid. Shy. I was just okay, definitely yeah. like a little more reserved. Okay. Sorry, not anymore. I've grown out of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, just a little side note. I So I did the Spartan race, oh, the beast race for the first amazing. time ever uh, back in July. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And, but also the most, re- when I, when I crossed that finish line, I was like, that was like, it was, I mean, I got emotional, you know? And yeah. So, and again, do you ever feel that way? Like when you do these big races and like when you get through it, do you just kind of feel that emotion of, I oh, mean, I just accomplished that. Yes, totally. Um, I felt that way at the end of the Grand Canyon run. I did another <laughs> run this summer um, called a Cirque series and totally oh, yeah. felt that way. Yeah. I also think for me, my friend and I were talking about this the other day. Sometimes when there's a lot going on emotionally, I do really well to be like, I'm going to go run around the mountains. I'm going to yeah. move my body and right. kind of work this through. And often just doing something hard brings that emotion out. For sure. Like pushing my physical self really hard for some reason gives space i mean i don't know if anyone listening has ever been on like a run or a hard workout and all of a sudden as soon as they start working hard it's like this opening of all the emotional stuff and you're like i'm crying mid-workout what's happening right now i know i've had that (laughs) i've been running before and all of a sudden i do i just get emotional yeah and and it's interesting too it's like you know what they call that the runner's high Mm -hmm. and it's like this inspiration starts flowing you're like oh yeah this this i'm gonna share this with my family and it's pretty amazing how that works and how important that is for our mental fitness and health. Totally. You know? um, on that note, I have also, 
in the last almost two years, I had, if we want, we can touch on this, but yeah. I had a surgery that was pretty rough for me and I wasn't walking after on my own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now when I accomplish things, physical feats like the race I did or that long run, that's where a lot of that emotion comes out. I kind of yeah. made a commitment to myself back then. I was like, I will never take my physical body for granted for again. Granted, right. Yeah. Like I get up, I work out at the gym, I ski, I run, I bike. And <laughs> when that's yeah. all taken from you for a minute, I mean, I never thought I wouldn't get it back, but in those initial moments, I was like, wow, I never, yeah. I never sat as much as I do now and thought, thank you for letting right. me run up this mountain right. and feel good. You know? Wow. Well, let's do, let's do talk about that since you brought that up. We were going to talk about it anyways, about what you went through. You had a health scare, obviously, and you had to have surgery. And tell us about what happened and, and again, just that uh, that experience that you had with it. Yeah, um, a little background. I've had gut pain, whatever. I don't know how to define it because we still don't really know the cause mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. since I was a little girl. Um, my mom and dad said they remember me always complaining that my stomach hurt like around dinner time and we're like, okay, picky kid, eat right. your food. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then in junior high and high school, when I started like subbing myself out of soccer games in pain, they were like, okay, this is not made up, right? Right. Um, so did a lot of testing for like seven years through high school and into college. And finally, when I was um, 21 years old, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Easy. It wasn't a big thing. Like stop eating gluten. It just wasn't big back then. So I think yeah. it took a while. Yeah. Um, and that helped a lot, which is great. I still live gluten-free lifestyle, but sure. the, all of the stomach pain didn't go away. And I mean, years ago before the surgery, um, it started getting bad and I would have these episodes. Um, yeah. one night I was in a lot of pain and kept waking up on the floor unconscious, realizing I was living alone, wow. kept realizing I was blacking out. And so I'd wake up and look at my phone and be like, I need to call 911. And then I would black out and wake up really? and be like, I can't oh get to gosh. my phone. Um, ended up finally getting a hold of my mom, um, who came to my house and found me on the bathroom floor, drove me to the hospital. I was like in an unmarked building. Long story short, sure, yeah. <laughs> where I was living at that point in my life. Um, okay, yeah. So an ambulance didn't know where I was. And I mean, they did every test in the book and sent me home like, we don't know what's wrong. And that was kind of the diagnosis for most of my life. Um, I've actually like reached out on Instagram to like the world. But like, if anyone knows Does what these symptoms know? are, yeah. right. Yeah. And I still am not sure. But after seeing every specialist for every organ in my body, my heart, my brain, just yeah. be like, am I losing my mind? Right. Um, yeah. They found four tumors on my liver. Um, oh, wow. They were benign. They were like, we don't know why this would be causing pain, but we could go in and remove them. We could also try to remove your gallbladder. I mean, at this point, we're just like throwing ideas at the right. wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was not my first choice, but I went to a liver specialist. We went in and said, you know, you're going to have some laparoscopic sites. You'll be here for two days. Right. You know, you'll go home. You'll be great. Hopefully this will be all better. Like yeah. it was on nerve endings, maybe. I mean, whatever. Um. I was nervous. I'd never have surgery. I don't like even getting a shot. So this <laughs> right. is not, yeah. I, if I get a paper cut, I have passed out from blood. Really? So oh, wow. hospitals are not my favorite place in the world to be. <laughs> um, but I went in thinking, okay, this is going to be easy. Yeah. And um, I, my first memory is waking up five days later and really? I'm going to get emotional. But um, 
I remember like coming to and beeping lights and then passing out. But my real first memory was waking up. Um, I could tell there was a lot going on. I had at one point like a tube down my throat. I had anyways, and I saw my brother and my mom in this mm. hospital room leaning over me and they were just kind of looking at me. Yeah. And I asked how long I had been there and they told me. And I mean that initially I was like, oh, something went wrong. Yeah. Um, and then um, I said, am I going to die? And my brother just looked at my mom to respond. And oh, wow. I mean, when you have no idea what happened, like yeah. I don't even remember the last sure, five days. Yeah. Um, and wow. she, of course, said no. And in hindsight, like, of course, I wasn't going to die, but I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And just my brother not wanting to respond and having my mom respond. I remember <laughs> right. in that moment being like, what yeah. is happening? What's going on? Here, so yeah. things just... I don't know what happened. It didn't go as planned. I have bigger scars than the laparoscopic sites, which <laughs> is just a thing. And I've worked through and I'm still working through that. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, they got in, they took it out. They ended up taking, they took out um, the tumors, which weren't big, but they were on my liver. Yeah. They did a resection of the bottom part of my liver because my uh, liver was inflamed. And I just didn't recover like, like they thought I was going yeah. to. So, um some complications later I yeah I they wouldn't let me leave the hospital till I could walk on my own and that mm -hmm. wasn't working so having someone help you stand out of bed to go to the bathroom I mean yeah. I was determined I was like right. I'm gonna get up and I remember the first time I went to get up and I was like I need to go to the bathroom and they're like okay so I mean TMI but catheter out let's try yeah. this and I yeah. basically got to the edge of the bed to stand up on my own and I couldn't even stand on my own two feet so standing finally walking with a walker through the hospital i mean the first day i remember i walked like 10 feet um and then when they finally sent me home i had to stay with my mom because i it was i have my incisions are through my abdomen so i couldn't right. sit up on my own and oh, man. yeah i mean it was definitely a struggle i mean a week after my surgery i walked around the neighborhood like the five house neighborhood with my mom and that was a huge success it was just harder physically than i've yeah. ever experienced wow. any physical feat I've done in my life with athletics or um yeah it was it was challenging mentally and physically I was in more pain than I've ever experienced physically wow. and not being able to move my body yeah. get out of bed use the restroom on my own walk on my own that's a hard thing for someone that wants yeah. to run around the mountains yeah, you know <laughs> right yeah here you are you're this adventurous person now you're dealing with this tell us how, what was your like emotional state I, again I I like what emotions were you going through when you're like, I can barely even walk to the bathroom now, right now? Mm. What what emotions were you feeling at that point? I think, uh, as you said that, the initial thought is fear, mm. um, the of the unknown. Probably, like, yeah. am I gonna get back? It wasn't like, when am I gonna be able to run and ski next? It was like, I can't move on my own. When is that gonna come back? Is it gonna come back? Mm -hmm. Did I make the right decision by having this surgery, which is a whole other thing. Um, and just, I just remember feeling scared probably was the biggest yeah. thing no, that's of not knowing. Right. Yeah. Wow. And did they end up figuring out what ultimately what was going on or do they still not know? No, unfortunately. And no. I've been back to the hospital since that surgery oh, with sorry. kind of those same episodes. Yeah. It's like a series of events that happens when I just end up blacking out. And honestly, I don't have an answer. I mean, it's some of it yeah. probably me panicking myself to black out because <laughs> that sure. first initial episode, I'll call it, um, 
I mean, I couldn't stay conscious. I was alone in my house in the middle of the night. So I think that when the pain starts to come back, I start to think, Am, is that going to happen again? You know, yeah. being in my home alone. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still have the pain in my stomach that I've had since I was a little girl yeah. all the time. It's just kind of something I deal with. I don't know if the surgery was the right choice, honestly, because it didn't help. So yeah. Did it, if you don't mind me asking, is it a, is it a every con, a constant pain every day? Do you feel it when you're, you know, running and hiking and all that stuff or skiing? I don't feel or, it as much when I'm working out because okay. I think my, every other part of my body hates me at that moment. Um, <laughs> right, you're working out so hard that right? it's like, oh, I don't feel that. Um, like I feel it right now. It's like a okay. dull achy pain and sometimes it's yeah. much worse, but yeah. it's just something I've so lived how with. Do you, so here how do you stay so positive through this? Because that's got to weigh on you a little bit. How do, you, how do you keep that mindset of just, I, I know you're not always positive. You're a yeah. human being. You have mm -hmm. a heart. You have feelings. But talk about that a little bit. I think it's just something I've learned to shelf since I've felt this pain my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. um, wow. I just kind of think it's my norm, which yeah. is not fun to think. But yeah. um, once in a while, I get discouraged. I'm like, what would I be like if I didn't have to feel this pain every day? Mm -hmm. And it's not always debilitating, obviously, right? right? I do anything I want. but Sure. Isn't that a funny metaphor for all things in life, right? <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. I mean, truly, like if you're in a bad relationship or you have physical pain mm -hmm. or there's something from your past that's nagging that you've just never looked at or done the work around, um, we just learn to live life with that as our baseline. Like yeah. I'm carrying this weight or this pain physically or emotionally and I have to get out of bed in the morning and do right. my thing. You know, I don't want to yeah. play down what others' physical pain or mental, emotional pain is, but... I right. just get up. I, yeah. th my stomach hurts and I get up or I have physical or I have emotional pain and I got to get to work. You know? Yeah. Wow. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how powerful the human spirit is. Mm -hmm. Like the human drive. The, I mean, again, you, you're a very driven person and, you know, and like you said, well, it's just, it's, well, it's always there. I can, I've just dealt with it and I, I move forward. I just, I, I mean, you and among other millions of other stories out there, but it just blows my mind when I see how powerful we can be. Do you ever look at it that way? Yeah. <laughs> mindset is a very powerful thing. Yeah. And I'm sure we've all seen people with a really positive mindset that are going through just atrocious things. And we think, wow, how are they doing it? Yeah. And then also people that are, kind of have a nev negative outlook on like yeah. on life and everything. And it's, it definitely impacts your experience here right yeah for sure well thanks for sharing that with us and you know and again that's I'm, I'm sorry that you have to deal with that on a daily basis but again i don't think you look at it as a necessarily a negative just again because the way you live your life which again is very inspiring well i love yeah, it that's kind of you thank you <laughs> now i know uh we mentioned off air too that you know you've been through some other challenging things in your life you went through a divorce mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that uh, obviously we don't have to have all the details mm -hmm. but just you know how you handled that one because that's another big thing i mean anyone listening to this i mean there's probably a lot of people who, who have been divorced and they can relate with this story yeah sadly there are a lot of people that have yeah. been divorced and i will be 35 this month so um at this age and i think we're getting to that phase where people have been married and yeah. sadly some don't end you know in right. happiness and fairy tales yeah. and i am far enough away now um that i can say it was a blessing in disguise right you obviously right. don't think yeah those kind of trials, whether it's, you know, a surgery or mm -hmm. an emotional trial or a divorce or something, 
is a blessing in disguise. That seems a little bit cliche to say, but I am far enough away from some of the hard experiences in my life now to say I wouldn't be the woman I am today if I hadn't gone through that. Right. Um, so I, yeah, like you said, I, I have only lovely things to think about my ex-husband and, um, not to reveal too much, but it just, it was, it was hard and we did the best we could to make it really cordial and kind. And I actually want to honor that we, I think we did a really beautiful job of that, but it doesn't mean it wasn't hard and there wasn't heartache. And, you know, I got married really young. I got married at 22. Mm -hmm. Um, and after 11 years together, eight years of marriage, you never think when you get married that it's going to end that way. Right. right? And so I think that I went through a lot of things, both shame, um, feeling like a failure. How did I not, Mm -hmm. um, make the right decision or try hard enough to make this work or, you know, trying to really force something and control an outcome. And it was hard. And there were a lot of factors swirling at the same time in my life that made it even more challenging. But, to just take that moment as a whole and say it was it was hard and I don't want anyone to think whether it's a kind and gracious parting with a partner or if yeah. it's a total mess right both are equally yeah um, challenging and I want to honor that for whatever you're going through for sure for sure yeah uh, you know I've heard this too and I, I work with a lot of clients who have been divorced and even if it's the right thing, it's still, it's like, it's almost like grieving a loss, mm. you know, a death. It's, totally. you just go through the same grieving process, even though, yeah, this is maybe the best thing for both sides. It's still one of those really tough um, situations. And so, yeah. And again, everyone goes through it a little differently, but it's good to hear you say those positive things. You know what? You got nothing good to say and you guys handled it in a, the best that you could. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting as you say that, um, a girlfriend who has also been divorced, she and I were talking a few months ago and I was like, how, how do you wrap your brain around that person just not being a part of your life anymore? Cause you yeah. compared it to, it's almost like a death and you have to grieve it. Yeah. But it's in some ways it feels more challenging than a death because this yeah. person who I spent over a decade of my life with mm. as my best friend, my partner, my go-to yeah. is now walking around this world somewhere yeah. and I have nothing to do with their life. We don't, we have no interactions anymore right. just out of respect of moving our own ways. But sure. um, it's a really, it's kind of messes with your head that yeah, this I person is still here and we choose not to see each other or have any interaction after so long yeah. being a big part of each other's lives. And sometimes that is what really messes with me. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That is kind of a mind trip there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, again, in, it's impressive how you've handled it. I, I granted, I know it's, it's never, you know, it's never, it's always a little messy. Mm, you yeah. Go stuff like that. Things but I of think the heart are hard. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, um, I know now one of the things that you do, is um, I want you to talk a little bit about your your barefoot communications and what you do there and why you started this and you know you being the introvert and now here you are helping people break out of their own shells. Um, I love that. So Isn't that ironic, that. right? <laughs> um, I love it though. I know. You know what's funny is people see. I think a lot of us that do television or in front of a camera speak publicly, 
and think like you have no idea how what it feels like to be nervous. Yeah. And yeah. that's not true. I was a nervous little girl. <laughs> I remember running for like student body secretary in elementary school in California and I had to speak in front of the whole student body and I was terrified. Yeah, so right. that exists definitely still sure. for me. That's not anymore. <laughs> I can't say. Yeah. It's very hard to make me nervous yeah. in front of a group of people if I'm prepared, you know. But yeah, um right. There's a couple of different ways it started. I remember my dad was the president of a company growing up and he would have to give up and give speeches. And I remember like the week that he would have to give a presentation or something like that being like, what is going on? And my mom one time specifically, I remember being like, he has to speak this week. He's nervous. He's stressed, whatever. And um, he's always said like, I hate public speaking. And um. So I remember that and thinking, why does he hate it? And, you know, by high school, I didn't hate it. You know, I was fine with it and presenting as a student body officer never bugged me. And so my dad actually helped me identify that. We were on this little father-daughter trip driving through Colorado, looking at colleges. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I think at that point I was like, you can be a doctor, a lawyer, like you had these options. And I was like, I don't want to be any of those. (laughs) Thank goodness I'm not. Those would not have been the career for me. Um, And he was, I knew I loved to write. I love Mm. writing. And um, so I love to write. And he's like, well, you're great speaking in as well like you're a great public speaker i'm like okay what is that gonna do for me you know stand-up comedian i'm not funny i mean (laughs) i think i'm funny (laughs) maybe like brooke my co-host does but other than that i'm not so (laughs) he was like what about journalism and actually i can have him and my stepmom at to thank for as soon as i figured that out like my sophomore year of high school they were like she put me in front of a camera in modeling in an acting agency, which is very not what I do. I'm like, I do not want to be a model. I was a jock. <laughs> um, but it gave me some time behind a camera sure. to even build that confidence more. Um, and then that's what I went to school for. So okay. kind of developing that. Ironic that I went to BYU, actually. They have the number one broadcasting program in the country, or they did at the time at least. I'm not yeah. sure where they're at now. So that sure. felt like the good fit despite yeah. the the space I was in with like a religion wasn't. Right necessarily yeah. wanted to be but it was more going for the program yeah for and it was great yeah. um so fast forward from there um i started this company about six years ago barefoot communication and i was like there is a need here a huge need for mm-hmm. people and it's kind of morphed into i work a lot with people in the tech world leaders executives and ceos that are their experts on what they do yeah and then you put a camera in their face or a microphone in their hand and they freeze yeah, and don't know like, anything oh uh, yeah <laughs> and you know we see that in the news all the time you go to do an interview and someone comes on the show you sit down it's fun it's easy and then the camera goes on and they freeze it's like what is happening here and how can i help people to transition from being these nervous speakers to (laughs) expert communicators and leaders and really shining in the spotlight um and now it's also in the space where you know people that are starting up their own businesses and entrepreneurs that are going to that first round of funding and raising money and looking at investors how are they pitching their companies right um and that matters making those first impressions we make a lot of snap judgments so we want to show up at our best with our presentation skills really polished and dialed in so for sure that's awesome what why did you call it barefoot (laughs) <laughs> do you want this story yeah, there's a story behind it absolutely <laughs> um and if anyone is listening that knows me it's kind of like a running joke that i show up places and it's like where are your shoes i'm like listen i just 
having my feet on the earth yeah. in the mountain. I mean, I have shoes on. You're welcome. But I don't know you. I didn't want to disrespect your office space. I, I would have been like, hey, she's got no shoes on. Right. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I just, ha- having my feet on the ground feels yeah. so grounding to me. It's yeah. kind of always been a thing. Yeah. So that is one thing. Um, but my senior year of high school graduation, I went to a small liberal arts school here in Salt Lake City. And we graduated at a Bravano Hall downtown. There were just 50 of us. We didn't wear cap and gowns because that was not classy enough. Like this yeah. was an event. So I was in a full white. The women wore like white dresses or skirts and um, the men wore suit and tie. And so I just, you know, I kind of walked this line in high school. Not kind of. Absolutely. Being right. at a school where I wore a uniform and it was like, oh, these are all the rules. I don't love rules <laughs> <laughs> um, of walking this line between like being rebellious, but also getting like good grades and being successful. So I teetered yeah. on that. Like how okay. far can I push the line right. and still not get kicked out of this school? Um, and so we were graduating and I was like, I'm the middle of the pack, Hanson, right? H is right in the middle. Yeah. And you have to walk from one side of the stage all the way across with everyone in the audience watching to our headmistress, <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> dean of the school, to for her to hand us the diploma. And so I am in line. They call my name and I walk across the stage barefoot. I'd kicked off my heels and I'm like, <laughs> this is my final act of rebellion <laughs> and freedom and whatever. And I walked across the stage and... We'd rehearse. I went to shake her hand and get my diploma, and she just held it with both hands and smiled at me. She's like, basically, like you're not going to make a mockery of my graduation. Oh, is wow, what it felt like. And she just <laughs> smiled and she said, "Go back and get your shoes." And I was in front of this whole auditorium, and I can actually feel my skin oh, crawling my gosh. right now. Yeah. And I was like, blank stare, <laughs> like, "Are you serious?" And she just nodded, and I knew she was not messing around. Right. So I did the walk of shame back to my chair um, with the whole audience watching and kind of laughing. Yeah. And you're just kind of in that silo where like you yeah. can't hear anything except for your heart yep. beating. Yeah. Um, walk back, shove my feet in my shoes that felt really restrictive and like a little prison at the time. And walk back, got my diploma, went on. And I remember in that moment thinking like my unique, authentic voice doesn't matter. I need to mm. fit in this box. Oh, and wow follow the rules in order to be accepted or successful and that kind of stuck with me for a bit um, whether I knew it or not at that moment and you know I had a news director when I was um, new in my career I came to a meeting and they were asking for ideas and I'd come with a pitch and I pitched an idea and I was like I was really new Um, and that director looked at me and kind of laughed and said why don't you come back when you have a good idea and I remember again thinking wow. okay like Dang. I'm just gonna keep to myself I don't yeah. it doesn't matter wow. what I say and that went into like personal life too yeah. right like not speaking up for myself I'll absolutely own the pieces of my divorce and marriage not um lasting that were yeah. my fault and yeah. I didn't live very authentically in that relationship and I wanted to fit in. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, right? Like I want to be accepted. I mean, yes, man, I absolutely tried to be what people wanted me to be. And realistically, I don't know that those people wanted me to be that, but I definitely got feedback that made me feel like I wouldn't be accepted if I wasn't X, Y, and Z. So I changed who I was a lot to be accepted. And yeah, yeah, time's gone by and I just was like, I'm committed. (laughs) I'm circling back. I promise your answer. This is great. Um, No, you're good. To like 
being authentic in who I am. And that mm-hmm. is me being barefoot and feeling grounding <laughs> in who I am. Right. And yeah. having my feet on the ground just feels really centering. I've always had a really deep connection with nature and mother earth. Thanks to my mother and that feels like the way that I ground myself and was yeah. a representation of that. So communicating um, kind of like with your feet on the ground, rooted in who you are and being authentic is was the premise of that. I'll do all my clients know that they just know the name of my business. But right. that for me is what it is it. a reminder of. I love it. Wow, that is so cool. I'm so I'm glad I've asked you that question. Thanks. You know, it's funny. I have you remind me of my friend. I have a, one of my best friends, Dean Thompson. We, you know, we grew up together and we'd, we'd be walking home to my house because my house was close to the junior high. It'd be snowing. He's walking barefoot. <laughs> um, when he tried out for baseball, for the baseball team in high school, he got up to the plate to hit the balls and stuff with no no cleats, no shoes, no socks, no nothing. And the, and the coach is looking at him, what are you doing? He's like, I don't need cleats. I don't need shoes. And he's a lot like I like that. him already. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> Um, he was really unique. And again, he was just being himself. He mm. wasn't fond of rules either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it wasn't because he was trying to be like this bad person. It was just more of, I don't fit in that little cookie cutter box over here. I'm more over here, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what you were saying. And and it's it's unfortunate sometimes that we do shut down and just pretend to be someone we're not, you know. I heard a, um, a, a definition once of what depression is, and it's trying to be someone I'm not. Mm. And that's depressing because we're always left empty because I'm over here pretending to be this person. That's not me. You know, so I, I love, I love the story, <laughs> you know, and, and, and again, I, I, I think if I remember correctly, he walked up in graduation, the same thing in high school really? without his shoes on. Oh my so, gosh. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and let me say this too. I do not disrespect authority. Sure. I'm, I yeah. try to be really respectful. Clearly I did at my 18 year old self. Didn't well, have this you know, established yet, but I don't mean that in a <laughs> sense of like, I don't like rules. I do what I want. I'm disrespectful. There's obviously times and places to be respectful. I'm in shoes in your office, for example. Yeah, Sometimes shoes, showing huh? up is not on purpose when I don't have shoes. It just <laughs> doesn't cross my mind, but yeah. um, I absolutely try to be respectful, yeah. but also yeah. grounding in who I really am. No, thank you for sharing that story. That's awesome. Um, I have a question. Like, what do you think is the biggest reason why people shut down? Like when the camera turns on, because you say something happens here, they are talking freely. No big deal. Camera turns on. What, what do you, what have you figured out? Like, what do you try to train these people to recognize why they shut down? Um, you know, it's interesting. I ask that question a lot because and I have gotten some great feedback from some of my clients. And one of the things that I always say, I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, we're not going <laughs> to throw tomatoes at you. Like, <laughs> right. you're, it's not like the, all of a sudden you're going to be on camera and people are yeah. going to boo you. Or, I mean, I'm sure people have been booed off stage, but <laughs> the amount of times that happens, I'm like, you're not like, you're going to live through this. What's yeah, going on? Yeah. I mean, I've had people like hyperventilate, almost pass out. People throw up before they come on TV. So yeah. it's definitely a real thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the feedback is just humiliation. Mm. They're like, I don't want people to think I'm dumb or to say something stupid and people to laugh at me. And it's, I mean, I get that as a little girl, like I just wanted to be accepted. Yeah, right. Oh man, that is rooted deep on so many levels by my friends, by my parents, by my brother, by, you know, by a cute boy I liked in fifth (laughs) grade, whatever it was, like you, we just all want that validation that, positive feedback and 
embarrassment is real. That's such yeah. a gross feeling, you know? I know. And so that's a lot of where that stems from is people, okay. you know, what if I fail or, you know, if there's, if you're pitching to an investor, if I mess up, what's on the line? What is it going to cost me, my business, my yeah, company, right. my reputation? So there's a lot of fear behind that When Honestly, the irony behind it is if you just relax into who you are, you would have been calmer and done better. Right. But the nerves are kind of what throw us off sometimes. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I had a, um, a former client of mine, this was a couple years ago, who has a crazy story of overcoming addiction. And he talks freely about it in groups. I sat him right where you're sitting. And as soon as I hit record, he was like, I would ask him a question. He'd be like, I don't know what to, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say, you know? And and it, he, he kind of that same thing. He was afraid that maybe he was going to say something that was going to sound stupid or funny or goofy or, you know? And uh, But yeah, it was a really real thing for me. He really believed that. I'm like, dude, no, you're great. Just, you know, just share your stories. So yeah, it, it happens. People go through that. I always tell people too. They're like, what if I forget the answers? I'm like, you're not going to forget. You're literally the expert on your life <laughs> or on your business. And they, yeah. I'm like, I know nothing. I'm just here to ask. Yeah, so I'm just here asking some it's questions. So, it's really interesting. Wow. So That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. That is so cool. So tell us about this new show that you're on, uh, Silicon Slopes. Yeah. So Silicon Slopes is a nonprofit. It's based in Lehigh. And they service the tech world startup entrepreneur world right okay. a lot of times we're referring to that area down there as the whole thing is silicon slopes kind of like silicon valley yeah um which is also accurate but the actual company provides like education connecting and helping people grow and learn as their startups um and kind of in the entrepreneur world so i, I am doing a digital daily newscast there um it's for it's called the Caitlin Hansen show. They named it. My goodness, that's feels like a lot, but it's on a platform <laughs> I love it. called CEO.com. So okay. really just kind of like where leaders start their day love is the it. idea. And right now I'm covering mostly, you know, stuff that is in business and finance and tech and just like a little daily soapbox for me to kind of rant about right. what I think about the latest topics. And it's been an adjustment coming from, I'm still working at KUTV doing some freelance stuff there, but yeah. coming from a world of, you know, hosting our travel show and our talk show and having co-hosts and um, doing kind of, you know, fun, lighthearted yeah. news to transferring into this more business tech site has been a challenge. I research and write and produce yeah. and host all my own shows. Oh, and, really? Okay. Um, so you, yeah, it's fun. Full service all yeah. from you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What did, and you said it's challenging because you weren't you know you've been in TV for so long. This is something new. Challenging in a different way, just because yeah. of the content. Gotcha. And I love business and finance. It's just not what I've been covering. So yeah, I'm learning. Love it. Well, so what other what other things do you have on your horizon that you're doing? Is there any th new things coming up, or is this kind of where you're at? For oh now? my gosh, this feels very new for now. So <laughs> definitely diving into this. Okay. Still doing. Um, the coaching, executive coaching stuff on the side. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. I feel like when people ask me what I do, I'm like, oh, don't even ask. It's a lot. Um, yeah. I still dabble in the fitness world. I've been a coach and personal trainer doing that for a long time. That's taken a little bit of a backseat, but I love yeah. that. I'm yeah. very passionate about that because of my, probably because of my athletic background and career. And sure, yeah. So. Yeah, and plus you do a weekly podcast, uh, Living Unscripted. Mm -hmm. You do that once a week, which is really cool. Um, yeah, you're doing a lot. You're doing <laughs> I know a lot. it's kind of ridiculous. I kind of feel like I'm in a phase right now in life. You know, I'm, I'm single. I don't have children. Right. I don't have a dog. My plants are struggling. That's another story. But 
the responsibility yeah. gets to be a little more selfish right now. Yeah. And yeah. I think we can always look forward and think, you know, oh, when I when I have a partner, when I have a family, that'll yeah. then I'll be happy. And right now I'm just like, I am single and I don't want to miss that. I want to be present yeah. in it and sure. I'm going to work hard and enjoy the journey, run around and not yeah. sleep enough and <laughs> <laughs> pack my schedule because I can. Yeah. And someday that yeah. will slow down. So right now I'm just going to live that up. Enjoy it while you mm -hmm. can. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to ask you another question here. What do you love most about you? Wow. Um, <laughs> what do I love the most about me? This has not always been the case and it is now. So that feels good. Yeah. But I love how deeply I feel. Um, mm. a, a lot of people may relate to it as like an empath. I don't want to put a label on it, but I definitely feel the high highs and the low lows and yeah. I feel them very deeply. Yeah. And Sometimes when you're feeling the low lows, I wish I could just shut that off. Right, sure. But, sure. you know, p because I feel all the pleasure and all the pain really intensely, mm -hmm. you get that full spectrum. And that used yeah. to be something that I didn't like and I tried to shut off. Um, and I have some feedback from my past that was kind yeah. of a, a hard limiting belief for a while that um, I was too emotionally needy or too mm. emotional and that yeah. was something i was like oh i don't want to be that be tough put on this front i'm fine everything's <laughs> fine let's yeah. not talk about it and i love that about me i love that i can feel deeply and i can sit with other people who are feeling deeply yeah. and connect and um yeah it feels like a gift now that yeah. i've settled into that and accepted that and feel like yeah, this is who I am. I and I'm emotional it. and I'm mushy and <laughs> I want to love and touch yeah. and feel all the things that come at me in life and not hide those away anymore. And I think this is a thing that we face a lot with our society is it's like, buck up. Yeah. So why are you crying, right? There's no crying yeah. in baseball. Like we're here to be tough <laughs> yeah, and on. allowing space to say like, yeah, feel whatever you're feeling. That's yeah. fine. Love that. Great response. I love that. That's <laughs> great. Great answer to that. Um, if uh, I have another question and then we'll wrap some things up here, but if there's someone listening to your story right now that may be in a place where they're struggling, you know, you've been through some, some difficulties yourself. What, what advice could you give them? I mean, you've shared some good things already, but what would you tell that one person right now who may be in this dark place? Wow. Uh, first of all, I don't feel qualified to be giving anyone advice, but maybe just a lesson from what I've learned. Um, let me think about how I want to say this. One of the biggest lessons in my life that I feel like I can continuously go back and look at what was I not doing in those yeah. hard moments um, was just being true to me. And that feels a little bit uh, cliche, but let me expand upon that. Sure. Um, I've spent a lot of time in life thinking I was abandoned, you know, mm -hmm. and not intentionally, not by unkind people, but yeah. you know, yeah. by, a, you know, they abandoned me, My whether it was someone I was, you know, dating or a parent or, you know, whatever these feelings and times in life where I was like, that I was abandoned. 
the biggest thing I've realized is like in those moments I was really abandoning myself Mm -hmm. and it starts with me and I abandon myself every time I'm not living authentically and I abandon myself every time I become a people pleaser and try to dumb down my emotions or my feelings and be tough and fit into the box and I just think in those hard moments when I could have been true to me and said, what do I want? Right. Like, how can I not abandon myself in these hard moments? Wow. And, um, that, that's been a huge learning curve for me and yeah. something that sometimes you fall back into those patterns and think, Oh, yeah. I don't want to make them mad, but truly how can you respect you and be there for yourself first? Mm. Because we put a lot of pressure on other people to, you know, show up for us. Like you left me and I need you to make me happy and fulfilled, especially in partnerships. Right. right? Like you don't make me happy. Well, guess what? Actually at the end of the day, it's our own job to make ourselves happy. And, um, yeah, I don't know if that is a good answer, but that's the thing that I've definitely come back to the most is like the buck stops at me. Yeah. And I need to show up for myself first before I blame other people and point the finger. Man, beautifully said. No, that was spot on. And I do, I agree with you 100%. I've noticed, and, and tell me if you agree, when I when I really start taking charge of my life, like my happiness mm-hmm. has to come from within me. It's interesting that people start falling into my life who will support that. Mm, it's yeah. so interesting. Where, where, but when I'm pointing fingers and blaming everybody else, it's like, no one wants to help me in that moment, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to go, hey, quit playing the victim. But but again, it's okay that you're struggling, but really start working on that uh, authentic you. And I love what you said there. Start respecting you. I, was, yeah. I love that. It starts with us, right? Yeah, it really does. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you lose your job, if you get divorced, if something hopefully not tragic happens to someone you mm-hmm. love in life or something that brought you joy then what what who are we when all that falls away are you happy with you can you make yourself happy or is it all dependent on the external things wow beautifully said wow well thank you so much for sharing your story with us today caitlin thank you so much for having me i can't tell you how much i appreciate that and and being vulnerable and sharing some of these difficulties that you've gone through as well i really appreciate that so much thank you yeah well there we go folks um I want to also have our listeners be able to, how can they get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you or, you know, you know, get in touch with Barefoot Communications or anything like anything that you're doing? What's the best way for them to do that? Um, you can always find me on social media, I guess, okay. is one way. I do some of my business stuff through there. Okay. Um, and that is Caitlin H. Hansen. Um, on all the things and then um, right. hop on my website site barefoot-communication.com I'm here to answer any questions love it. about work and stuff like that or just say hello okay love it well there you go folks reach out to Caitlin if you want to ask her a question or see what she's doing or if you want to use her services her coaching and all that if, if you struggle speaking and you want to get better at it reach out to her and use her services I think that would be fantastic so Um, I told you this was going to be great. Thank you for tuning in. If you know someone that can benefit from this, please share this episode with uh, your family and friends and anyone who may be struggling. That that advice was spot on. And and I'm just grateful for you guys. And once again, Caitlin, thank you for your time today. Thanks. Thanks.